Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and joined this morning by Joanna Chudy. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I heard you give up a family snowboarding trip to... <laughs> I did. It's like the last time I went, it was minus 25 and it hurt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all day long. But um, what is it up in Banff right now? I think it's like zero or plus one. Yeah. Nice. So, so I think yeah. you had a little cheery motive, though, because after you sort of mentioned they're going to be gone, then you said, I'm going to yeah. be home by myself for the rest <laughs> yeah, of the day. Yeah, I get the house to myself. But yeah. Anyway, I hope they're all up there cruising through the snow, having a good day. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah, know it's uh, that's one good thing about all the snow, and it is definitely a lot nicer when it warms up a bit. Yeah. yeah. And the same in the garden yesterday, man. It was so nice. The garden center was a buzz. People were there buying seeds, yeah. plants. People are all geared up for their indoor seeding, getting ready for spring. Absolutely. And, yeah. and Zoe's brought in some uh, new bulbs and she got some cyclamen and some hardy orchid bulbs. Beautiful. Cool. Yeah, along with uh, the gladiolas and the typical spring bulbs. Nice. And that's always the difference. People get, um, I guess, a little bit confused or, or don't understand when certain bulbs are planted. Yeah. We have fall bulbs that spring that bloom in the yeah. spring and spring bulbs that bloom more in the summer and into fall into sort fall, of thing. Yeah. I know I might be in with that group. I know my garlic and yeah. I know like crocus and tulips and daffodils, but when you start to get into some of the I don't know, some of the more Well the spring stuff. bulbs are more the ones like dahlias, gladiolas, mm. um things of like that. We do have garlic again in the spring, but it is supposed to be a little bit better to do it in the in the, in fall. the fall. But yeah. a lot of people still Either do way. It. Yeah. yeah, maybe you just get a little bit bigger bulbs if you plant it in the fall. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. So we got a whole bunch of those and that's where uh exciting. Yeah. Those are Colorful, right? Those are lots yeah. of color. Really the dahlias are one of my favorite, like the big yeah. dinner plate dahlias. Mm -hmm. And just and when you're doing a lot of these summer bulbs, typically when you when you get them growing um, and go through a season, typically right after the first frost, just bring them in, take them out of the pot, and just let them dry out, pull the dirt off, um, let them dry for a day or so. Stick them into a box, rubber box with a little bit of cocoa moss or peat moss, something really dry, mm -hmm. and stick them in the cool, dark corner for the for yeah. over the winter. Don't let them get frozen. Yeah, right. You don't exactly. Want to just up. just a cool, dark place in the corner in the of the basement. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. and uh, leave them there for the winter. Bring them up about this time of year next year, and by that time your bulb is grown again, and you're mm -hmm. gonna have that much of a bigger plant and bigger cool. bigger blooms. So, so it's okay to see some green starting. Absolutely, that's yeah. when you kind of that'll tell you that your bulb is typically healthy. Healthy if you pull it up and it's all mushy. Yeah, Oops. Uh, not gonna make it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. no. You look for those signs of life. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So. Uh, Lots of that kind of that kind of neat stuff. Really good selection of seeds this year. Very happy. We got the West Coast seeds and the Wild Rose Heritage seeds, nice. and some great great varieties of uh, of flowers and lots of different peppers and plants and and all the different veggies. And I gotta all. come check it out. Absolutely, I need some seeds. I did not order any seeds this year online because I just knew that I would buy them locally. And, yeah, know. no, and a lot of people do order the West Coast online, but actually, it's less expensive. And if we don't have what you want, what we we do have a program that you can just come in if you have the catalog. And just order it, and it gets delivered the next week, and you nice. don't have to pay for freight or anything, and uh, you That's just pick them up. convenient. Yeah, cool. no, we've got a good program with West Coast, so um, with any of that kind of thing. And then, of course, the Wild Rose Heritage Seeds, and that's uh, Shane and his family. They have a great yeah. business down in Lethbridge area. And I just love... Um, what they do, it's a, it's a family-owned farm. To I love their seeds. Seed to farm yeah. business. Yeah. 
Um, but they're all grown here, and he's grown everyone in Alberta, harvested in Alberta. He has a huge variety, too. Like Absolutely. when you think about winter squash, you know, three or four come to mind, but I hear display of winter squash from seeds from them. There's like, I don't know, Guatemalan blue <laughs> yeah. and all these really cool seeds I've but never they even will heard grow of. Here, though. Yeah, they will. They're hardy, so you can be like, your neighbors will walk by and like, well, what are you growing? And it'll Isn't be that, a cool when conversation. You, when you say that, and you, I wouldn't be afraid sometimes if, if the best place in your yard is a, a south location, but it does happen to be a little bit more of a visual spot. Some people say, well, I don't want to, it's not that appealing. But man, when you walk by a nice, healthy veggie garden, yeah. there's nothing more appealing. My neighbors so- know me. I put garlic, I've got chard, I have kale out front. Nice. Yeah, sometimes the rabbits come and visit, but for the most part... It survives. Yeah. And it's pretty. Like, think of, even just think of garlic scapes. Those are pretty. Absolutely. Mix them in with your perennial plants. Gorgeous. Carrots. Yeah, I've seen carrots used quite a bit even on borders so you get that yeah. nice frilly yeah look that little for fern fern foliage it's pretty absolutely soft. so anyways if you'd like to join us and give us a shout phone lines are wide open you can call us at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 there's a few little things on the oh yeah i forgot to mention it's a uh, daylight savings time yes hopefully people are awake yeah it's kind <laughs> of nice now most sleep. stuff <laughs> um, changes for you, like your phones and your yeah, yeah. And, not uh, the stove, maybe, but yeah, not the stove. But my my truck did, which I I forgot I that I got. In, I looked down at the clock and I thought I had to change it, but it was already changed up. So which was kind of nice. That's cool. Um, Everything's so smart these days. Yeah, helps us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps us when we're not feeling so smart. Yeah, we lost an hour of sleep. Yeah, and I, yeah. I never set my alarm, but I did set it this morning. But I was already up before it, anyways. But I just go ah, just in case I happen to have one of those fall asleep again for till mm. six or whatever. <laughs> and so. Anyways, um, got a got a text here, and the 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 four zero three nine seven four eight two five five is the talk and text line, so you can send us pictures, any of that kind of fun stuff. So by all means, if if you have anything, please uh, send us. Uh, here we got a a text. It says, "Good morning, Randy." But I think it's for Merle and Joanna. Yeah, Randy was we'll the travel guy before us, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick question. I purchased a pepperonia from Spruce It Up a couple weeks ago. It really loves the south-facing window, so much so that four spikes have suddenly appeared. What are these, and what do I do with them? Also, are these easy to propagate? They are fairly easy to propagate, um, and we're seeing a lot of that, and we're going to get some more propagating tools and different things to help out with that. And um, Those are just... I believe if I'm if you can maybe want to text a picture, I, it's a type of bloom that just pops out on those. Um, they they send it out sort of like a little seed pod they send up, and it's sort of just oh. a. It's like you're saying, Cliff. It's just saying it's happy. So uh, I think you should be good with that one. So nice pepperonia. Those are the ones with the cute little like round yeah, leaves. Yeah, little crown yeah. leaves. Very cool. Yeah, fairly easy. To, like I said, fairly easy to propagate. Um, more for just from underneath the leaf is typically where you propagate those type mm-hmm. of things. Um, one thing, I'm, I'm very happy. Like just seeing all the house plants right now and people that are oh, buying yeah. them, and I'm so yeah. glad it's come back in fashion yep. and just seeing the plants and people's houses. We need our houses. green. We oh. need our green around us during it, these long, cold winters. And, and not just, um, 
I guess some of the flowering. It's all the big, the nice foliage plants are all yeah. come back in, and it's oh, yeah. amazing. A lot of the the old tried and true, like even the spider plant, the mother in law's yep. tongue. The you sensibaria. can't go wrong with those philodendrons. Yeah, if you want like big bang for your buck, get a a monstrosa delicosa. Those are beautiful. Big Swiss cheese philodendron. Yeah, I've seen one on uh, Instagram today, a, a variegated one, which oh, I've nice. never really seen one, and oh, I seen that variegated fiddle leaf fig. Oh, cool. So I don't know if wow. someone's just playing with it to get it to do that, but I've never seen the, the variegated one that before. That is also the joy of having house plants and being a plant nerd. You can start to tinker with things. So we, we do get a lot of questions about watering plants. So I'm just going to yeah. tell you my experience. I, I moved into a new house and transplanted some couple plants, and I planted them two weeks ago, transplanted, and then gave them a good drink, watered them in really well. Yeah. Um. They still don't need a drink. So that's two weeks in a clay pot, and my house is fairly sunny. Yeah. So over the winter time, like Cut back, right? Yeah, cut yeah. way back. Yeah. Don't water too much. Especially on things like succulents. They're, I mean, plants do, you know, people think, oh, but they're tropical. So they need a lot of water. They need a lot of humidity. That might be the case, but plants go through a dormancy cycle yeah. as well. And we, you know, they can tell that it's cooler in the winter inside than, than our houses normally are in the summer. So... Yeah, that's something I have to remind myself all the time. I'm like, well, you, I usually water on Saturdays or whatever, right? Yeah, you yep. just just come up with a routine. You just and water don't, when it's dry. Don't pick a day. Like yes. sometimes it might be a Tuesday. Put your finger in there and check it. Don't yeah. yeah. That's that. Like my plant's dying. What am I doing? I'm doing everything. I'm I'm over loving it. And then and you gotta go pull back. Absolutely. Pull back. And if it's a smaller um, plant, like it's small enough where you can lift it up, mm-hmm. feel the weight after you yeah. water it. Yeah, for sure. And then feel it when after it's been sitting for a week or so and you'll definitely feel, you'll feel the difference like you can pick up and it feels light mm-hmm. give it a good water again at that time or see if the soil is pulled away from the edges of the yep. pot just just that's trust a little your, bit too dry but. that's a little too dry but some plants like to get yep. kind of to that point absolutely. and then you give them a good soak so, absolutely yeah. absolutely cool. So, uh, yeah, so that is the, that's typically the bloom on the pepperonia there. See yeah, that, it looks like a, it's, so it's just as Cliff described. It's like a spike. If you know what plantains look like or plantain, um, it's a pretty common, um, some people call them weeds, but it's a pretty common plant that we have here in Alberta and they have pretty similar flower spikes. So they just kind of come up sort of nondescript, kind of greenish or brown. And then you'll get sort of a, like a white Super tiny little white flower that comes off the sides of those flower spikes. So that's great. If he's got four spikes coming up, that means that yep. plant is happy. Absolutely. No, cool. gorgeous looking little thing. Good. Um, and here's uh, another caller. Actually, these people all have been visiting hey, us at the Garden photos Center. coming in on the text line. Yeah. Good. It says, good morning, Merle. I'm from Lethbridge. I was in SIU yesterday, spruce it up, for the first time. It was great. I'm interested in experiment, experimenting with the Kokodama. I am wondering about the soil mix needed. I purchased black gold soilless mix. Would that work for my project? Absolutely. Yeah, that, I would say so. That's a great soil. Yeah, so just get good sphagnum moss and some clear twine or clear fishing line. And for those of you who don't know what kokodama is, that's like the hanging plant balls. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a yeah, Japanese. Them pre-made. You can yeah. get them and, and plant into them. Yeah, but- they're really cool. So um, plants that work really well for that... Um, Oh, the name is escaping me. Ah, it's like a vine. It's pothos. Yeah, pothos. Those are really great um, plants. Any of the ivies. Any of the ivies. So you want to um, choose things that kind of trail down um, and enjoy being in sort of a hanging. lipstick plant would work well. Yep, lipstick plant would be great. And then so when you when you finish making your kokodama, which is sort of this like sphagnum moss 
um, and encrusted ball with the, that you've um, inserted some of your plants into to water those, um, depending on the plant, you usually just kind of soak them. I take mine down, soak them in the sink, let them sit there till they're not dripping. And man, that sphagnum moss just soaks it up so yeah. fast. And then I hang them back up again. Perfect. Yeah. Or you can mist them, whatever works. But yeah, my friend made me a few of those and we have them going in the boys room. So it's just a cool little design feature. Yeah. It's kind of a unique thing. People will ask you, what, what is that? How'd you make that? And then, yeah, it's pretty cool. So cool. Yeah. That black gold soilless mix is great for it. Yeah. It's, it's actually a really nice soil. And we might as well go to the phone lines one yeah. quick time. Actually, we got Mary. She's joining us this morning. Good morning, Mary. I'm up. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Mary. Hey, how are you, Joanne? Good. How are you? Good to hear well, your voice. I'm good. Long time no, no hear your voice. Yeah, great to hear from you. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, just a little hint about your house plants. All right. I take them all to the sink. I take a a pencil and just kind of poke the soil. Yeah. And put the the fertilizer, you know, in the water, and I saved. Uh, um, dripping uh, snow water yesterday. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I was getting uh, running out of rainwater. Yeah, so that's your second best. Because I have too many house plants. You know um, that tip water is great for a lot of your plants if you can. Yeah. Save that water. Yeah, and... I, I got a, you know I, it was dripping out of the faucet and or you know the thing outside the eaves drop. Yeah. So just filled a bunch of bales. I had one of your friends make a. A comment on uh, Facebook that they that she got one of your lemons off your tree. Oh, yeah. lucky lady! Oh, wow. they were so good, nice. and they're it's starting to bloom again. Yeah, Merle. all of them. This sort of because it's the change it's in the sun. Looking. It's the change in the sun. Like the more as the sun yeah. comes higher up, it's a trigger for a lot of the plants. So it's like spring down in Florida or wherever. The, and so that triggers it's time for a lot of these plants to get growing and start reproducing. And so all the, I've never seen so many blooms actually on the citrus right now in the garden center. Mm-hmm. Like I walked through the green ocean yesterday, man, it just smells oh, so fragrant. Oh, the lemon tree smells so nice. Yeah, no, but it, it looks so scraggly. I thought, oh my gosh, this but, thing looks terrible. But blooms but all the good. way on the side too. Like I'm just, yeah, I'm always, I'm just quite impressed with the amount of blooms that are popping up on a lot of the stuff. So yeah, well, I repotted mine, you know, in yep. a bigger pot, and gee, it's just starting to. Yeah, it, little flowers. No, it's getting out of the dormant period. Like Joanna was saying, like plants yeah. go into a bit of a dormant period in the off season. And now it's time for it to flush. It'll send out new growth, blooms, and start producing fruit. Well, I'm really enjoying it. It, All right. is, it was an experiment, and I'm really enjoying it. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. You have a good day. Thanks, Thanks Mary. Too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye, dear. Bye-bye. Yeah, actually, Mary's awesome. lemons become quite famous. We've yeah, I think people so. Come in and people come into the garden center. <laughs> I want, a, I want a lemon tree to like Mary. People can start bidding on them. Exactly. <laughs> we have awesome. lemonade with Mary Day, Mary. Oh, or that would be amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. You'd probably get a little bit of tequila in there, I bet. Oh, <laughs> I'm in. Count me in. Exactly. All right. We better take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, where we have everything indoor and out for you. Give us a call down at Spruce It Up. We got you covered. (laughs) And 
Joanna and I got you covered here if you want to give us a shout. Great texts coming in during the break. Um, Thank you, Dean. So many cool pictures we see. We That's a great ID'd, looking Hoya, eh? Yeah, so a variegated Hoya, beautiful tropical vine that grows really well here in Calgary. And he's got it growing up a coat rack, so it looks super happy. I don't oh, think I was you could say it looks like a two by four, but I got it. I don't oh, think uh, you could hang your coat there anymore, unfortunately. That's but a, that's a great plant thing. Yeah, why not? It's got the up. pegs to reach onto, yeah, and it looks really dolls, happy. Yeah. So we see it in a window that looks like it's south facing, but it's kind of just off to the side. Though that's probably really great exposure for that yeah. plant. So nice yeah. and warm, um, sun when it wants, and then it's kind of leaning over out of the full sun and up this coat rack, which is really cool. That's a great use for one of those. Yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> all right. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. You can call us at 403-974-8255 and uh, 1-800-563-7770. And just want to mention, uh, it's a good time to get out and do any of your pruning right now, looking for your dead, damaged, diseased branches on any of your trees and shrubs. Also, um, the elm trees, we're getting, I think we have until the end of March mm-hmm. to do your... Oh, if April, you, you got to be yeah, done with that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're not allowed to prune past that point. So if you have any elms that you need to look at, I know Mark and uh, our crew have been getting some great pictures of the crew being out there uh, doing some... They shaped a, like a 30, 40-foot spruce tree the other day. It's just oh, gorgeous. Nice. Did a really nice job. I'm glad the weather's changed for them then. Yeah, yeah, it's hard no, working in minus nicer. 25, yeah. minus 30. That's tough. Yeah, Being no. way up there in the trees. <laughs> some pictures of Chris hanging upside down. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> so, yeah, and then we got such a great team right now. We got a couple new guys, then running. It's it's so good. Um, really, really quite impressed. And uh, and uh, ISA certified guys just running a top-notch crew. So very, very, uh, very happy with our printed-up guys right now. They're doing a great job. That's and, great. And... Uh, Really out there doing the right things for the trees, right? Yep. And, and Being good ambassadors of tree care. Absolutely. It's so tough when you see somebody do it the wrong way and well, then all the tree care people get, get a bad rap. You're like, yeah, ah, that's not, that's not how to do it. Well, <laughs> that, that is so true. Like even, um, yeah, because all of a sudden sometimes in downtimes, and you never want to begrudge anybody a living, but just because just they have a ladder yeah. and a saw, doesn't make them maybe a, some insurance would be good too. <laughs> yeah, and knowing that's and, and and if a guy comes up, hey, I'll do it for cash. Chances are he probably has no insurance, yeah, or anything. So if thing happens, you're you're not covered. He's going to fall. You're liable at it in your home insurance. Pretty dangerous profession. Yeah, also, I mean, I wouldn't want to be climbing up a spruce tree right now this time of year or no. any time of year. No, <laughs> no, they don't have a license, and if they're doing cash, they're they're not paying their taxes, not running a proper business. Mm-hmm. So, um, guys like that, they're not really contributing properly to our economy and none of us like to pay taxes, but it's part of what we do. And we have all our insurance covers and there's lots of good arborists in town that, that same follow the same guidelines. Yeah. Um, so just stick away from the guys that say, Hey, I'll do it for cash or I'll do this or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. You end up with a job and you can't glue those branches back on. No, and- <laughs> especially on like a spruce when you just see them get like limbed oh, no. up, that's really sad. There's, if you didn't want it that way, there's a famous um, arborist in Sundance that uh, he hacks about five or six yards every year, and just 
he has these big laurel leaf willows. And he comes into his. He, oh, just totally pollards them. Just tops get, them. Yeah, oh, they feel man. like they want to get. I paid for pruning. I want to see uh, pruning. So uh, it, 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 and it's so bad for the trees. You but. see that in BC a lot. We just drove back from Kelowna, and it's amazing how um, is that the term pollarding when you just basically cut the main, yeah. like the main trunk, yeah. and then hope that the growth just kind of it, it ends up looking like a Dr. Seuss tree, like well, a, like a truffle tree. Disease gets in yeah, there. It's, yeah. It's just this, it's such a the bad thing for the trees yeah. and shrubs. So I guess willows could maybe kind of handle that a little bit, but, but it depends on if they get, go down into when the diameter of the trunk gets thicker than two inches, it gets yeah. a little bit, and that sort of they when just they, look weird. Yeah. I just like let the tree be what it wants to be. Don't try if it's and... too big for that area, <laughs> don't remove the tree. It's too big. Yeah. And I'm looking at the clock, and we can't be here anymore. We got to take a break <laughs> for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm joined with Joanna Chudy this morning. Good morning. And that's a T S C H U D Y. Nice. <laughs> you, you didn't even read that. You just, that's from memory. Well, like I've ingrained it. That's one name I've really. <laughs> like, and I'm, and I've gotten definitely some, some people send me a uh, little, um, Sly remarks about my vocabulary sometimes because oh, my syllables, on, my pronunciation. Take it easy on him. That's okay. I like it. I'm good at it. You I'm speak good Latin it. and English, so <laughs> we one. should catch you some slack. <laughs> Come on. But anyways, um, with your name, I really wanted to make sure I... Yeah, because I'll be people. mad at you if you... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. I'm just kidding. Well, it's, it's T-S-C-H-U-D-Y. <laughs> it's Swiss. There's yeah. four consonants in a row. There's no vowel in there until you get to the U. <laughs> Nobody yeah. says it or spells Chewy. it right. And that's fine. That's yeah. fine. But once you under, uh, know how to it's say it... It's pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> just chew once on that. You know. Just chew you on that for a while. <laughs> there you All go. All right, let's go to Marianne. Good morning, Marianne. Hi, Merle and Joanna. Um, I have a quick question. Um, I have a Norland apple, okay. and recently I've noticed um, long parallel cracks on the branches, not the trunk, but the branches. I suspect it's probably a result of the cold weather we've had. Is there any remediation for that? Um, it, how, how, what diameter um, do you think the branch? They would be probably between 5 and 10 millimeters. Okay, so fairly small. Yes. I, okay. On those ones, if it's opening right up, there is a, a product called Lac Balsam that you could just put in those cracks, and it's a bark replacement. If it's typically bigger on the on the trunk and stuff like that, we've we've been bolting some of the trees to back together because once you get that big of a physical crack, it can just flop over, especially on an apple tree mm-hmm. in the summer when also you get all that weight on it and with the fruit. Um, it can just split that tree wide open. Um, what about the um, the spray-on pruning no, paste? Don't no, don't use that. Why? Because it's it doesn't let it breathe. It's sort of like putting a Band-Aid on a wound. Oh, okay. And then it just rots underneath. Um, it just, I, I really don't like that product at all because it's it just... It's it's it doesn't let your tree heal, and that's why um, we found this lac balsam. It's a I'd, I'd rather put do put nothing on it than that. Okay, is there a chance that that this would just heal itself, or that it, you yeah, wouldn't? There's have a very to good chance if it's that small, it, it's very likely it could heal, um, and you might just want to do it. Um, 
to spray like a product called Natria, the biofungicide in the spring, just to make sure nothing gets in there before it heals. Okay. The black balsam, is it a, a paste? Is black it? balsam, yes. And it comes in a little tube, it sort of looks like a big toothpaste tube, squirt on, has a little brush on the end of it, and it's green in color, you just squirt it in, it just fills the, it sort of looks like a, like a silicone. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, you're in relation to the spray on, um, <clears throat> tar. Yes. What about if you've limbed, um, a branch? Is it okay to put the spray on? No, it's, it, it's, it's, I wouldn't do it. I, you, no? no, when you do proper pruning, you shouldn't need to, um, spray the ends of anything. You should just let, they should just be able to heal oh, properly. Okay. Yeah. You don't need pruning paint on every, like when we're out doing our arbor, like our arbors out pruning, we don't. <laughs> seal all our wounds or any of them because we're doing proper cuts at the proper spot. Angle where, and close enough to the... Yeah, and truck, but not yeah. too close where they can't heal, right? right? So um, if a tree is pruned in the proper place, it heals properly and it just... And you're not um, circumventing any of the plant to be able to grow properly. It's just when you lose nubs and pruning in the wrong spot, tears, just things like that, like improper pruning causes a lot more disease than right. and so typically like I said if you're pruning off branches you don't need to do anything it's just okay. when you get wounds if a if a deer comes in or or strips yeah. a bunch of bark off off the trunk we we've put on lac balsam before just a bark replacement is it b-l-a-c-k is that how you're no spelling? lac balsam like l-a-c oh l-a-c Lac balsam. Oh, um, that's my friend. Now he's speaking French. See? Ah, See? That's multi, multi, <laughs> multilingual. Okay, well, thanks so much for that. Not bad for a guy from Bonas, eh? There you go. <laughs> All right. Bye now. Bye bye. Uh, yeah. And uh, speaking of Bonas, um, the sunny side. The big machines are in there tearing her oh, all yeah. down. And oh man, how does that feel seeing um, that happen? It, it, there's some um, obviously lots of memories there growing yeah. up and working yeah. there and going through it. I did buy, I got a whole bunch of benches out oh, of yeah. it for our new yeah. perennial house. Cool. Um, I got the weather sign, the one with the rock hanging there. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Wow, so, so things will set, live on. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put it as a memorial back on like the family yeah. didn't take it. So I said, hey, I want oh, that. Yeah. That was I, I was yeah, there when we built that. Yep. Um, so we're going to mount that up with a little memorial or whatever. Like, so I'll definitely yeah. mention Sunny Sun on there. Yeah. That's where it was. So many but people rock, from Calgary shop. Absolutely. There, yeah. And uh, so when the rock is wet, it's raining. When the rock, <laughs> rock is white, it's snowing. <laughs> Gord, the dad, put he had that put in the front yard. Uh-huh. I loved it. That's pretty um, funny. And Hank was there when we built it. Me, Hank, and Gordon, mm-hmm. that would Check the rock. <laughs> yeah, check the rock. What's it doing? If the rock is warm. Forget the farmer's almanac. Check the rock. Yeah, if the, if the, if the rock is warm, it's sunny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can't wait to see that at the shop. That'd yeah, be no, and got one of the big signs from out on the road. So we got a bunch of stuff that I'll still have a good memory of. Uh, yeah, of Sunnyside. Well, and times are changing. That whole little I got my wife every area. day too. I, I met her there. She was the flower oh, shop yeah. manager at, oh, at Sunnyside. There's so, so much history there. So I get well, reminded every day. Yeah, there you go. The good stuff has survived, right? Uh, yes, cool. of there course. Right, Carolyn. There you are. All right, let's go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. I'm not that Gordon, but anyway, a, no. for, a former neighbor of mine used to say it's either slapper or syllable. So, <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and speak as 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 you do. But anyway, thank you so much. Tomato, I tomato, <laughs> we'll take it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mother has started um, 
uh, an orange tree or an okay. orange bush, whatever. And I was up visiting her yesterday, and it was in uh, about a foot-wide pot, and it was just, uh, excuse the expression, swimming in it. It was just, it, as I said, it's just starting. It's about inch, inch and a half tall. Yeah. Okay. Thin. And I made comment about this, and then we decided to put it in a, in a, about a 500-gram uh, cottage cheese container. Uh, we put holes in the bottom, yeah. so mm-hmm. and all Good that drainage, yep. for drainage. Now, um, how long should we have it in that container before we move it up uh, 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 to a proper pot? I would let I'd leave it for six, eight months. Let it get a good root system going. Um, and then the next step, I would just I would transplant into terracotta. The citrus yeah. really love the terracotta because it helps with let their roots breathe a lot better, and they do like that. Um, and that's one advice. And the terracotta are super inexpensive, so mm-hmm. um, and it just it's really good for them. So six eight months sort of thing. Let it like maybe at the end of summer, um, transplant it into into a proper. Like from that, I'd go into a six or an eight inch pot from that point. Okay. And then you should be good for a, a year or so and yeah. a couple of years. Okay, no problem. So uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, the shock of the transplant doesn't, uh, doesn't do anything to it. No, one of the products that you can use really good is the, um, the Rage Plus is a really good one for transplanting. It really helps get the roots going really quite well. And then once you get it growing, they do like the 30-10-10. 30-10-10. Yeah. Okay. All righty. All righty. Oh. And you, you know who I miss from uh, from um, Sunnyside is Sweet Pea. Yeah, I know. And Sweet Pea, the parrot, um, ended up going to one of the, I think it was a, one of the, I think it was an ex-staff yeah. Ended up taking it, and there was only a few. And back in the day, there was only a few of us that could pet Sweet Pea. And he would sit there, and he, I always liked it. He would puff up his neck, and so you could you'd scratch his neck or right underneath his head. He just and he'd puff it up, and he just he'd love it, right? But yeah. then some people, man, you couldn't go near him. He would just chew your fingers <laughs> off. But there's like Scary. me, Brad Gord, a few people that could pet him at the time. But uh, yeah, no, he's still going, and he. Uh, and he's moved on to there. So, yeah, lots of good memories, lots of good things. Like I said, I learned my trade, and I've been in the business. I started there when I was 13 years old, worked there through school and awesome. and all through the thing. And yeah. I learned the good and the bad of the business and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and moved on. And Brad, who worked there for 28 years, he's with me down at Spruce It Up as well. So. Okay, thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks, so, Gordon. any sunny okay. side people want to come down and say hi? There you go. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Alrighty. Bye-bye. And we better take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons, and I'm here with Joanna and Judy. If you'd like to join us, <laughs> the phone lines are... I figured I sent my last name, so I better sell, send her... Talk, sure. Say hers again. Sure, sure. That's me. Uh, talking <laughs> thing. And just a reminder, it is 9.46 if you're waking up and you're looking at your clock and you think it's 8.46 and the show should be this starting. We've been here for 45 minutes We're all already. warmed up. We're all warmed up. Join us. Give us a call. Absolutely. Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, we've got a couple of texts. Yeah. And 
Hi, do you think this extreme cold we had will be enough to get rid of the tent caterpillars that stripped the aspens last year? Mm. That's tricky. Yeah, they go basically in cycles anyways. They kind of go in a three-year cycle and they sort of travel through and they do their thing. Um, typically, if we get hit really bad, um, I think I, I don't think it's going to... See, this is where you say it. Yeah. I don't think it will hurt them, <laughs> but I do, think, I do think it will hurt them. So hopefully yeah. it, it, it does. Hopefully it knocks them back a bit because a they're pretty voracious. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. This has been a, a deep... And the and it's gone down deep. Like it's the guy, people are talking. They've dug five six feet. Yeah, and the frost is down. I heard down. that seven feet the other yeah. day, and they're still hitting frost. So we can complain about the cold all we want, but this is actually a, kind of a really great thing for us gardeners. It means that we don't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that, say, a warmer place like Vancouver deals with. There's not as much blight. We've got a lot of the pests are kept in check. Um, and yeah, so we'll just wait and see on the tent caterpillars. Absolutely, let's hope yeah. so. And yeah. if you do happen to start to see them or any kind of caterpillar, BTK is a great product for dealing with caterpillars. Mm -hmm. And But once the leaves are rolled up in that, you can't really do much about it after that point. Um, it's more aesthetics. But uh, BTK, if you start seeing a little bit of caterpillars, BTK is a great product. And we got one here for you, Joanna. Sure. It says, good morning. I'm trying some microgreens this year. I've just awesome. soaked my peas and sunflower seeds overnight and plan to put in soil, put on soil in my trays this morning. I'm seeing some people online, I'm seeing some people put a bit of dirt over the peas, but not the sunflowers. Would you put dirt? And if we don't use dirt, we use soil, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I will correct you. Don't on, be digging out in your yard. You yeah. should for sure don't want that on your microgreens. Sweep up dirt off the floor and yeah. we use soil in our pots. Sorry. Um, we, would you put soil on your sunflower seeds too? Any extra important improvement do you feel the mention when germination is appreciated? I plan to stack my trays with some sort of weight on top um, for the dark for three, two to three days before putting in the light. Yeah, so great text from Elizabeth. Um... Myself, I have done microgreens where I don't put any soil on top, uh, no matter what seeds I'm starting. Um, I just find they're harder to clean. And so the important thing is, uh, just as you mentioned, Elizabeth, that you um, keep them in the dark for a little bit. And so I just accomplish that with either a damp paper towel or newspaper. So I just go ahead and take like one like fold the newspaper in half so it's just two two sheets and then I'll just soak it, wring it out and lay that on top of my seeds that are on top of the soil. Um, and you can wait that if you want to or just leave them and you'll know because they'll start to push the paper up and you can, if it gets dry, just spray the paper. But you really um, don't have to keep them in the dark. You like They'll still sprout. They'll still sprout. Um, I think the, the idea is to get some root going um, and to get them to germinate properly. Uh, the dark is great for that and then you want that like maximum rush of chlorophyll. That's why you would soak them up in the sunlight. So, so that would be only if you're seeding on top. So... Yeah, um, and seed, it's kind of similar put, to sprouts, okay. right? Like you kind of do your sprouts. Just, it doesn't have to be in total darkness, but maybe not direct sunlight because you want them to focus on sprouting, getting that little radical out there, getting some um, seed leaves going, and then you flush them by putting them in the sun, and then they, they get all greened up and delicious. Okay, and so. we will talk about a few other plants when she's mentioned about doing germination and transplanting of seeds. We were chatting a little bit in the last yeah. break, so we'll definitely mention that after this break. we got to take... A break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs here with Joanna Chudy, and we got quite a few texts. And if you'd like to join us, the phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, we will talk about seeds. Let's do a segment right after the break. We'll do that. That sounds great. Um, We got one text in here, and this is probably the nicest piece I've ever seen. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, like, there's really probably healthy. two, four, yep, six, eight blooms, um, unbelievable foliage, um, and must be all the water that uh, this. So they say I have to water it every two to three days. Yeah, it's in this. Oh, looks sandy. like it's in a little bit of a bright sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, either. And she's asking if she can divide it. You can divide those. So basically, pull it out of the pot. Lay it onto some newspaper. Mm-hmm. I would just use like a bread knife or something. I, I think it's going to be too hard to pull it apart. So you might need, need to cut through it and pull it apart and then just separate the loose and then transplant it. But almost one like that, I'd almost want to just get it a bigger pot and just let that thing keep going, man, it's, if you have the room to yep. do it. Looks like it's taking up a whole window. It is so, that is gorgeous though. Yeah. That is like, honestly the nicest piece lily I've seen. And uh, and Pat is sharing pictures of uh, him. He's, it's transplant day and for orchids. In, in orchid. Anybody day. else transplanting orchids right now? Yeah, send us some pictures. Yeah, getting bored, thinking about <laughs> spring. Absolutely. So orchids, when you transplant them, Pat knows what he's up to. But they have a different root kind of root needs than most plants. So they need some. They need more air. They need more airflow on their roots. Yeah, more so of an or you don't use a soil. You use more no. of an orchid bark. Sort of a mulch, right? Yeah. And then the pots usually have some holes in them for that airflow. Absolutely. Yeah. Love orchid pots. They just look nice themselves yeah, as well. Cool. And he also picked up a clivia, and we did get some of those into uh, at Spruce It Up as well. They're harder to get. They only come in, in on the availability a couple times a year, but they are a f- member of the Amaryllis family, as Joanna has told yeah, me. Yeah, I had to look it up, Pat. That's such a beautiful... It looks like an orange-colored Amaryllis. The blooms are a little bit looser than um, a typical Amaryllis that you yeah. see. But the leaves look the same. It looks like it probably has similar growing... Um, requirements and it's gorgeous yeah so maybe i wonder if that's one where if you pinched off the it it, it just keeps blooming like it'll you don't have to go into dormant i don't think Mm -hmm. with this it just it'll keep going like a house plant oh very from what i remember yeah it's gorgeous gorgeous and lots of lots of great orchid pictures as well Mm -hmm. and it says here we've got one more text i saw an upright Bush growing fuchsia in Vancouver. I've never noticed them in our greenhouses. Do you bring? Yes, we've definitely had the topiar fuchsias in. Um, it was something when I when I, if I think back to Sunnyside days. That was one of our big mainstays at one time. I remember we used to bring in lots. I brought them in a couple years, two or three years ago. It's just the cost of them. They're quite. They're a little bit more expensive because it takes a while to get them to grow up upright and mm-hmm. then to grow down like that. So it'd I be do, annuals I, here, right? Yeah, they're yeah, an annual. Okay. I do yeah. bring them in. Um, unlimited amount, um, but they are a little pricier. So, and so, yeah, definitely if you uh, check in with us, um, you can also leave a message with uh, Zoe at the store and we can pre-order you one as well. Um, but they, they are quite gorgeous, but they are a little bit on the more expensive side just because they, they do take a little bit of time to, to get going. So when we talked about, um, we'll talk about seeding after as well. So the one picture, Judy sent a picture in as well. So actually these ones are from Judy transplanting her orchids. Yeah. Um, look at that pot. Look at the roots down in the, in the it looks like it was just growing in sphagnum moss. 
I think a lot of listeners might find this if you have purchased or been given an orchid and you start to like the flowers don't come back anymore. You start to feel like maybe I should repot this thing because it's in basically a thimble. <laughs> You're like, how do I, you yeah. know, it's sort of like, I don't know. I had a, a gal that I see every week. She, she brought an orchid to me and she said, I was in the hospital and somebody gave this to me. And I was like, why would you give somebody recovering from something? And like, that's like giving somebody a puppy <laughs> uh, if, if they don't really know what they're doing with plants. It's yeah. not it's not quite as neat but as a puppy. But orchids are a little bit easier. They're easier, but when, when you realize you need to repot them, you can... Uh, yeah. They usually come in pots that are just way too small. So, Judy, so. one thing I'd recommend when you have, it looks like you have two or three of these, I would get like a six or an eight-inch orchid pot, and I'd put them all in one because they do like growing oh, cool. tight together like that. And then when they bloom, you'll get different blooms at different times and different colors. And the, you have the perfect um, way of doing that right now. You have two or three, and uh, get put them into a six or eight-inch orchid pot with some orchid bark and let them do their thing, and uh, I think you'll end up with something real gorgeous. And we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Good morning and welcome back to the second hour of Let's Talk Gardening. It is 10.06 if you're looking at your clock and it says 9.06. It is 10.06. Spring forward. That's right. Yep. Spring forward. And we're going to spring forward to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Kim. She has some, oh, wants to do some sweet potatoes. How morning. are you this morning? Good. How are you doing, Kim? Good. The sun is shining bright. Isn't it and nice? I have a question. Yep. Um, I know that there are a multitude of various varieties of potatoes, yep. but I'm wondering, is there a sweet potato without having a greenhouse luxury of growing things? If there's a sweet potato that is suitable for Alberta planting yes. that's viable. Yeah. Yes? And we typically bring them in in the spring. We start them already started, a, like a tuber started. Okay. Because they do need a bit of a head start because it's about a 90 to 100 frost-free days to get them to, yeah. to harvest. Okay. Um, so we do bring them in as a started plant. So, um, okay. So we will have them again this spring. And I don't know, I imagine we could probably get the tubers, and I'll check with that. I'll ask uh, Zoe to check that out, if we can just get the sweet potato um, tubers themselves. Yeah. And uh, But I know we do start them with our grower, and we bring them in as they'll be in our annual section, so okay. uh, in our veggie section. So we will have those in again this spring. So. All righty. That, that mm-hmm. is fabulous. I mean, I've had sweet potato you know, that have sat in the bottom of the cupboard and then all of a sudden they started rooting and I did grow it as a house plant and I was oh so excited. But yeah, um, I, I tried it outside, but nothing happened because I wasn't, obviously it's climate zone or something. Yeah, like and also sometimes when we have our pantry potatoes go, yeah. um, they're not always the best varieties to grow outside. So those if you still had the original package, they probably came from somewhere outside of Canada. Yeah, um, or out east or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from a different climate for sure. And uh, I don't think there's a lot of commercial sweet potato production in Alberta going on. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. But you can experiment for sure in your yard. They like, just think like, um, 
like potatoes. They have a long season and they need a lot of warmth. So just put them in. If you have like a full sun, if you have like a Mediterranean spot in your yard, maybe against a wall, there's no wind, um, a place that you go by frequently so you can make sure they're doing well and getting the water they need, then that's why not? Give them a try. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. And I I understand that Alberta is now um, competition for PEI for being the potato capital of the Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I read too much and I watch too much. <laughs> I don't think you can Obviously. read too much. So that that's great news. And I think uh, Alberta has some great growing conditions. It's hard to grow here, depending, but you got to pick the right plants and the right things and with the right effort. Um, we can grow a lot of things oh, here yeah. in Alberta, and there's, yeah, especially different way. parts of Alberta, even like just just um, east, northeast, southeast of Calgary, like yeah. sort of in that area. There's a little yeah. microclimate over there. They, there was talk that they had apricot, and even I've heard a couple peach trees that they wintered and, and grew wow. in there. Like, oh little, my goodness! So. Yeah, well, I'm up by Strathmore, so that that's kind of where yeah. we are. You know, yeah. so you're in a good growing climate there. The only sometimes you got the challenges with the soil mm-hmm. uh, and, and the very wind. alkaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. mound up, mounded beds definitely help with a lot of that kind of stuff out that way. So yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. For you guys, keep up the good work. Thanks, Thanks Kim. Kim. Okay. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye bye. One thing I also thought of just now, um, hopefully Kim's still listening. Uh, I know some of those longer season crops really do well when you um, can do sort of the plastic mulching. So that black plastic mulching, like the sheet mulching. So you just basically spread out your black plastic and cut slits where you're going to put your potato slips through or your cucumber vines or whatever. How do you water? So you'd be watering. With drip irrigation then or something underneath? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's a little bit more of a setup, but if you want to speed the season up, um, and like, especially what if you use like this, a black mulch or something like a bit yeah, more, you could try something like that. Yeah. I think the idea is to just warm up the soil faster yeah. and keep it warm through our cooler nights and then keep it warmer into the fall when everything else is starting. And to one shut thing down. you can do is even get the row covers early on. Like they have the little mm-hmm. mini tunnel greenhouses, mm-hmm. put those over your rows yeah. ahead of time. And then that heats up the soil nicely before you get going. Yeah. And got one text here. Just wondering, can I use the thistle, clover, and chickweed killer in my perennial flower bed? Yes, you can. Um, But what I would do is, and do it, um, if you can get a tube of some sort or even a soup can or a a coffee can or something like that, something uh, round, circular, and put it over top of the the weed and just spray down into it. So that way you're just spraying it on the weed without getting onto any other foliage because it doesn't get in the soil, but what it does is it, it, it'll t- kill any of the foliage that you spray on it. So um, you're totally fine with that as well. Cool. And, and, and with, when you're dealing with weeds um, and, and, and your grass, again, I find when you're using our green it up fertilizer, um, the 16326, you, you don't get, very few weeds because you're creating a nice healthy uh, root system in your lawn. It fights a lot of that, but only spot weed. That's why I'm not a big fan of like the old weed and feed Mm -hmm. and the weed and feed that you see in the box stores. It isn't weed and feed. It's a corn gluten that they've added. It won't kill any existing weeds. Um, what it is, it's, it's something that stops things from germinating. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. pre-emergent. 
um, and it just stops other things, but it also stops your your grass from reseeding as well. So any of those healthy seeds that from your lawn that reseed and stuff like that, it'll stop that from regerminating as well. So and I've had people use that in their veggie gardens, and they get no germination in their in their veggie garden because right. they they've used that weed feed. Bummer. Yes, <laughs> it's a big bummer. So don't like corn gluten, like the weed feed that you see. Don't. It's not a good product. I, I'm not a fan of it at all. It isn't. It's misleading. It's letting. It's it's making people think that it's like the old product, which was even a worse product because it would put all that poison right into the ground all the time, and yeah. then your root, your trees, and all that would be soaking up all that all the time. That so, affects. Everything that touches that cycle. Absolutely. Yeah. So just just spot spray if you if you want to use like the the killax or the or the thistle clover and chickweed killer. Just spot spray the weed in the spot, and and you'll be totally and that just deals with it in a much better way and mm. uh, in a healthier thing. Like obviously creating a nice healthy lawn and don't do annihilate. Not- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh oh, I just got the Put, look. Take off the Rambo gear. <laughs> yeah, just don't kill everything. But just- you do feel like that sometimes when you go. Sometimes, going- yeah, when you've been doing battle all summer, of yeah, course. You're ta- like- but. Um, down at Spruce, we kind of a little campground area, and I went down there one day, and like honestly, it was like the poppy fields of dandelions. I'm just like, ugh. Like, but, you like know this. what? You had a lot of happy bees. Absolutely. You know, you got to look at it in another, it's your camp spot. So yeah, I was going to mow or I was going to spray and I said, no, I'm just going to mow. I kept mowing. Well, I'm glad you're right next to that water there. Yeah, right no. The so creek. I just, uh, I just good. mowed them down, put some good fertilizer on there and they all cohabited and go through that blooming phase. And maybe this coming year you won't see as many. Absolutely. Right? Things so. go through cycles. Yeah, cool. but I definitely felt like throwing on the Rambo gear and getting the fire <laughs> torch out and flambeying those yeah. dandelions, but uh, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to go to Terry here real quick. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Merle. How are you? And your guest. I, I miss Mr. Joanna. Just dandy. The sun's shining and... Man, doesn't it feel so much better when the sun is going? Because we went through that three weeks without really seeing the sun. It was just that Uh cold sky. Yeah. Yes, cold sky and oh, miserable snow. Yes. Yes. But hey, that's that's behind us, thank heaven. Exactly. Now we're going forward. (laughs) Uh, Merle, I live out here in a little place called Cramond, and it's close to the about the same height as uh, the Bearberry Greenhouse. Yep. Yep. And uh, between there and Innisfail. Yep. And I was wondering, I heard a snippet there a couple, three weeks ago about your asparagus. Yep. And I was wondering what kind of preparation I could do out here in my uh, little ranch Um, to uh, get one going. So you really want to get a good, nice soil going, get a good... Um, mix in some compost, some some nice soil. Not too real rich, though. But it, it's a two- or three-year process before you're really harvesting. And maybe I'll let Joanna take this on a bit more. Sure. So, okay. Um, oh, thanks, Joanna. Yeah, for sure. I love asparagus. I it's love... nicer talking to you, too, oh. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in this together, Terry. Yes, aren't we? <laughs> Merle keeps me floating here, for sure. Um, <laughs> asparagus is one of those plants. It's a perennial. I love I love when we have edible perennials. So you you do all the work the first time around and then you just basically tend it from season to season. So if you're buying um if you're buying bare root on on your asparagus, the best thing to do I found is to make a bit of a trench. So this just happens right when you're amending your soil anyway. Uh, nice rich soil, dig a trench um, as long as you're going to, I'm not sure how many you're going to put in, but for me in my little urban yard, I put in 10. 
So I have a strip about 20 feet long and I just made a little trench that's about, I don't know, eight inches to a foot deep. And I laid all of my uh, bare root uh, asparagus on their side and I buried them. And I think seven of them came up. So I thought that was pretty successful. Um, but yeah, uh, the reason to do that is that you, you're basically creating this little trough for all your water to go into. Um, the roots will become established pretty quick because that soil's all been loosened up. And then um, your new shoots will come up really easy. And you're not going to want to harvest for two years. So you want the plants to get really established um, and it's really hard because you see them coming up and you want to eat it and that, you know, but you want them to, um, send up more than one or two shoots every spring. You're going to want like a whole, you know, half dozen or so before you start, um, harvesting. And that is basically asparagus. So. And, and okay. one thing Terry, when, when you do it, I think you need to start with at least seven to 10 yeah. roots because really, cause you met like, you know, when you buy a bundle of asparagus, and you go through pretty quick in one dinner sort of yeah, thing. So it's like asparagus they, once. Well, actually, you guys out here, actually, I, I have enough room to uh, double your size. Yeah. Awesome. Go for it. Yeah. So, uh, and then you said lay it on the side in the bottom of the trench. Eh? Yep. Yep. Just lay it down there on its side. Um, uh, how far uh, apart? Uh, I'd say about two feet. When you think about a mature uh, asparagus plant, they're quite large uh, once they go to, to leaf, once their uh-huh. foliage is really that sort of soft, mossy, um, and they get quite tall and they kind of blow around in the wind a little bit. So you might have to stake them to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're pretty easygoing plants. Um, yeah, seven of mine, I they're kind of just off the side of our garage. They've got about two feet uh, before they hit the garage and, and about a foot before the edge of the bed. Um, and I think, okay. I think about two feet. Yeah. That's and that's another thing. So not in full sun? Um, full sun is great. If I had okay. more full sun All room, right, I would have put them there. So good. Yeah. yeah, full sun that is the best. So good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Well, well thank you so much, you yeah. guys. Enjoy. And, uh, Thanks for uh, letting me give you all this grief today. No, hey, without the grief, <laughs> our pleasure. We, that's our that's what we want. We want to be able to work yeah. with you again and help you guys out. So, well, and, one day Merle, you're gonna have to get up here to the Bearberry Gardens again. Yeah. I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, they got lots of good stuff. It, it, it's like going like I love going and I've been there for a few years. And it's if you're looking for water plants and things uh-huh. like that, I should call them and see if I can get them to come on the show and if one of them will come on and chat because it, it's quite a neat experience. It's a good day trip you go up there and it's just tranquil like they even at lunch the whole, everyone was up having lunch the one day i pulled in yeah well just walk around take your time we're just going to finish lunch and it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah, it's so yeah. it's a different atmosphere right and it's, it's just a good one. It's very good. It, oh it's absolutely perfect it's and they're doing it by how they want to do it not not it's, it's and like, i'm pretty sure one of those uh fine folks over there would come and give you a good yak on your on your show one day uh, and I and I will definitely give them a show. But if you're looking for those water lilies or certain native water plants, they have so many neat ones up there, and mm-hmm. uh, they do lots cool. of cool stuff. So, but it's 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 such it's tucked into the book. Like it's mm-hmm. honestly, you drive in there, it just feels like you're in a different place. Like it's just it's yeah, un- you don't see it until you're there. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. a good way to put it. And you then it's a whole it. bunch of fun. It's a good afternoon. Absolutely, or whole day. Absolutely, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks, Terry. Okay, thank you, Merle. All right, take care, bud. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, anyways, that is, uh, if anybody gets a chance, if you're looking for a good afternoon to, to go spend up there, head up to the Bearberry Garden Center. Nice. It's up by, uh, up by Sundry. I used to go up there 
um, when I was looking after uh, a private estate, I was doing the uh, built this area, and we did a big water garden. So I'd, when I was looking for some water lilies and stuff, and went they up there. Yeah, cool. definitely, definitely. And I've sent lots of people up there to get that as well. Well, nice. we better take a break. I think it's that time you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening at seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I love our little network of people that listen here. And yeah, uh, great people at uh, at Barry listening. Yeah, yeah that's someone awesome. that works out there. Um, they sent me the contacts, so we're going to get a hold of the the folks out there, and uh, hopefully they'll come on and share their uh, their story and what they do out there, cool. and uh, bring some Bearberry into Keeping Let's the Talk Gardening. Keeping the fine folks of Sundry full of plants and excited about gardening. That's that's amazing. I just like that they're doing their thing. Like yeah. that's it's unique. Yeah, for they're not sure. trying to be whatever else they do what they do and uh it, it's it's the best so cool. anyways let's go we got a texture thanks merle i've used plant skid and it works great as well i never had problems with my bushes before but i got those soft new shoots were so too much to resist oh that sandy was um had texted in earlier about a spirea that she yes. cut, cut way back and rejuvenated and then it looked like um like a jackrabbit was using it as its bed or just kind of Making it flat. <laughs> yeah, I had that dude. They did that with my yeah. nine bark, and my one nine bark was laying down, grown sideways. So, uh, um, another product, and without the plant skid is good, but sometimes it it, I it's more of an acreage product. I'll say, mm-hmm. it's because it has the it's a it's a blood based product, and it it's sort of like coagulated blood. What about Bobex? Bo- that's what I was yeah. going to say. Bobex is this such a better yeah. um, product um, to use, more usable. And uh, and that kind of thing. And there's Dwight, my buddy. Got to go see him one day. Hopefully, meet him. He's got. Uh, he just sent in. He's oh, got interesting his, plants. Yeah, great, he's, great he's got photos. his cannabis um, plant. And he, it looks like um, what was that Tom Cruise movie where dun, 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 you know when he has to go and eat the laser beams. Mission Impossible. Uh, mission. <laughs> oh, plant the plant list. supports? Yeah, so he's got strings this, back and forth. Yeah, you got to name this plant Dwight. It's called Mission Impossible. We're going to name <laughs> it for you. But he has his plant growing up through all this string to support it with all the buds on it. Um, it looks pretty cool. Looks like a neat setup. Everything's all reflective. Lights are where they need to be. Actually, Mission cool. Impossible. There you that go. should be the strain of that. <laughs> That's one thing. When they go more mainstream with a lot of the cannabis names, like oh, they're all they're all pretty. Some of them are a little bit hokey, like the odd person. Yeah. If you're looking to be someone. like, it's like looking at a menu. Like, like <laughs> what is this gonna do to me, or what will this taste like? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What is sour uh, diesel? <laughs> yeah, or whatever. I that's don't something know. you don't want to try, though, right? Like, no, it's, it's it, not appealing. I know. I see the names, and I get people send me seeds and stuff all the time. So, um, at different companies, but we're not allowed to sell the seeds. So, um, people send me seeds, all samples, all the time. So, anyways, yeah, just throw them in the compost pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what happens. And then people will be rummaging oh. through my compost pile. Exactly. To up your security. Exactly. All right. What time is it? Actually, we don't got much time. Do we have any other text that we can talk about? And we didn't do our seeds. We didn't do the seeds. Yeah, we were going to talk quickly about... So people maybe- are asking about starting seeds. If they're in a... Why do, why do you want to start them in a small pot rather than a great yeah, big pot to start with? That's a pretty common question. Yeah. And 
to be honest, the first time it was asked of me, I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but when you when you kind of think about, uh, let's say all the veggie gardeners out there are starting their seeds. A lot of us are. We're getting excited for, for our vegetable gardens. So we're starting things like peppers and tomatoes and pumpkins and stuff. Um, first of all, like just logistics. Do you have a ton of room for giant pots in your house right now? Probably yeah. not. Um, and then that's more watering, more light, uh, more space. Um, and then there is something to transplanting and moving plants up as they become well, they get close to root bound. When yeah. they get root bound so a bit. So they're kind of like Gordon called in earlier and he was talking about his mom's orange tree that she's planted. And it sounds like it's really small, two inches tall. Um, and he used the term swimming in it. So you don't want your plants to be just like totally um, drowning in too much soil or, you know. And they stay wet too long because when you yep. water it, it stays wet for two weeks. And that little plant just doesn't breathe rather yep. than a big root system. So it needs to go through that soil cycle of drying, getting root bound. So just yep. gradual growing. And then move them up to a larger, yeah. Absolutely. Go until they move them on out. All right. And we're going to move on out. We got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and we got a text here that says, I have a desert rose, but it hasn't bloomed in two years. What does it need? Healthy, sick stock, water lightly. What I would do, I would I would cut it back a little bit in, in the early spring here, and then I would start fertilizing, water it really well, but give it some fertilizer, 15, 30, 15, and I'd water it in good each week and then I'd fertilize probably even twice a week just to get some phosphorus built up into the soil get it blooming um, that should definitely help um, and just don't go super full strength like just cut it back a little bit on the strength of the fertilizer what it says but give it a good roses are fairly heavy feeders so I would I would definitely use the 15 mm. 30 15 we have the green it up fertilizer uh, it's a good high quality water soluble fertilizer that's the one I would use to get that doing what you want it to do I know sometimes with those if you have recently recently repotted them they take a little bit of time to adjust to so it can be a few months between bloom times yeah yeah but that one should like the desert rose I, I know it's one if you have and the, and the other thing um Making sure that you have it in a good sunny spot because yeah. sometimes roses won't bloom if they're not getting enough sun. I should have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have it in a good sunny spot, it's probably just lacking the, the middle number of your fertilizer. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. We'll chat with Denise. Good morning, Denise. Good morning. How can we help you? I have two seeds, two hibiscus seeds. Okay. These came from plants, of course, in Abbotsford, but... I would. I'm planning on planting them today. I've noticed there is little hair like, like roots coming. Yep. So I figured it'd be a good time to plant them. And is this the house plant hibiscus or the the like the lavatier like the hibiscus outside? Well, these came from the hibiscus outside. Okay. Yeah. So just yep. seed them up. Yep. Yep. Okay. Definitely. Now right I've now is a good time. Two, two little pots, like they're two inch wide type things. I got two seeds. I thought I'd put one in each. Uh, would that that's, be- that's exactly, that's just what yep. Joanna was saying. Just put them into each one and it'll be able to go to get root bound. Wait till it gets probably two or three inches high and then go into a six inch pot and then let it get about um, 12 inches high and then I'd go into a little bit of a larger pot from there and then you can go outside into your full um, outdoor pot from that point. Okay, so 
Now, does it like uh, wet or what? No, no plants really like it wet. Like that's always a mis. Most plants like a good, well watered, just damp, dry like a wrung out. out sponge. Yep. Yeah. But then let them dry out in between waterings, like not mm-hmm. bone dry, but let the soil dry between waterings. And this is pretty much with ninety nine percent of the plants, because nothing really likes to sit when they say, "Oh, they like it moist." Even anything that say that we kind of say that they don't like to just be moist all the time. It like, usually let, leads to rot, yeah. right? Yeah, like the roots rot or your seed rots, and then you have to start all over again. Yeah. And if you only have two seeds, you got to be really careful with those ones. I know. Yeah. yeah. So that's and, why I phoned. <laughs> yeah, no. And we have this product. It's it's made by Evolve, the guy who makes the Rage. He also it's called the Seedling Fertilizer Seed and Seedling st- Starter, oh. and it, it's it really helps. So there used to be a product on the on the shelf that used to be called Damp Off, and it would stop things from getting that little root off on the bottom where they would rot off. Yeah. Um, so this prevents that. It, it builds the cell walls up on the on the stock of the new seedling and makes it really strong so it won't um, rot off on you. Well, I use Rage Plus all okay, the time. Okay, perfect. Yep, you can That's use good. that as well, but this is a little bit different for seeds. It's, it builds the wall, uh, the, the cell wall on the... That's a great product to know about. That's yeah, awesome. it's really Damping good. off is always sort of the bane of, you know... Yeah, so this is a really good product to help with the damping off. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Best right. of luck. Thank you, Denise. You're and welcome. send us some pictures or, or give us a shout once you get that going. Okay. Please, we want to see it. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, where are we at? We're gonna go. I'm gonna go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Good morning, Merle. How are you? How can we help you? I would uh, like to get some seed for teasel. Oh, teasel. Hmm. Teasel. It is a plant that they used to grow years ago, before the days of carding wool. They yeah. used it to tease it. Apparently, the the seed heads are what oh, they Oh, it's do. like a thistle. Yeah, but they look okay. interesting in pictures, and I thought I'd like to grow uh, one. How do you spell it? T-E-A-S-E-L. Yep. E-L? Yep. I think so. Just yep. teasel, like easel, but with a T. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah, okay. I just, I'm just sending this to Zoe, the seed sourcing queen, and see what she can do. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and we'll let you know, and you can give the store a shout um, this week, and then we'll be able, if I don't hear back today already, um, give me a shout, or I'll, I'll let you know next week. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. My I, guess with teasel is that it's very easy to grow. Yeah? Yeah. It I looks think, like yeah, there's We have a few native varieties of thistle, and really once once they get going, you might have a hard time getting rid of them, so <laughs> <laughs> make sure you really want that teasel, or keep put it in a, it, put it in a in place. Pots. Yeah, Container. keep it in pots, or put it in a place where you're okay if it spreads. Yeah. <laughs> the look on your face is like this. is it is it an invasive plant i'm not we, sure actually and and that's the other thing we always want to be sure that we're being responsible when we when we bring in new seeds or we try new varieties so that we'll have to look that up yeah, yeah. um we got a we got a grant descent in a picture. Don't know what plant it is, but can it be pruned? It's getting quite sprawly. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, definitely, that looks like it is a... It looks like a Hawaiian or an umbrella tree, a shuffalera of some sort to me. Um, you, you can definitely prune it. Um, what I would do is even take the top six, eight inches and stick that in water, let it root and put it down in the pot. But you could take it down quite a ways, um, two or three feet high and cut it and it'll sprout out from there. It's just too bad. It's been let go so long in spindly. Like, so typically it should have been pinched back 
um, as it grew to keep it thicker. It's been mm-hmm. let grown as this one big long sprout, and it's bending on the roof. It's a little so leggy. It's, it's eight feet high, <laughs> so it, it definitely. Um, um, it, but you could definitely cut it back, no problem, and uh, and and go from there. And but you, it's they're fairly easy to root from the top. So, but if you want to get cut, sort of that as you whatever you cut off, cut into six inch sections and stick it in water, and then you can start some lower ones in the to make it look more like a bush. And as they grow, you can top the top one again and uh, and grow from there. So, and hopefully that helps. And blackberries that grow here, we mm. we definitely have a there's a couple varieties, isn't there? That of the um, blackberries. Yeah, I was gonna look to you on this one because I just go raspberry all the way. Yeah, I know no, they're not the same. We but, get a bunch of yeah. blackberries. There's two or three varieties. Again, in Millerville, it's you lose a few days out there, but mm-hmm. sunny location. Um, just give us a shout at the garden center. Um, and we will definitely, if they're available, we'll have them in. But I'm pretty sure there's a couple varieties that we get in. Yeah, I think there's a few. I've seen, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head, so we'll have to, yeah, keep in touch I with Bruce get, Yeah, I know. I, I, as, as soon as the sun comes out, even yesterday, you start getting your plant brain back. But, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like all the names start. Oh, are we out of hibernation yet? Yeah, you're, 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 all the names start popping back into your into your, and then uh, you take walks through the shrub and tree lot, and you're like not even speaking English anymore. You're just yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the good time. And yeah. uh, we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons here with Joanna Chudy. And just we're going to go back a call to the teasel. And just like maybe we have a couple because it is yeah. we're finding it's probably a little bit fairly invasive, invasive. And we got one person that says obnoxious weed. Yes. Yeah, so this is a great uh, always like always be responsible when you're trying something new or you're going back to something old that you don't see anymore. Maybe there's a reason for that. Um, but couple alternatives. Yeah. If there's if you're looking for something that looks like that thistle but isn't going to run rampant and cause problems, you know, in your yard and the neighbors and beyond. Um, Try something like there's globe thistle, um, there's sea holly, there's purple coneflower. Um, those are all plants, that, perennials that are really well behaved and they have the sort of beautiful thistle-like uh, flower structure. And so those would be some good alternatives that, that are not invasive. So you could try those. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that is one problem here in Alberta, some of the invasive species. This one is hard to get rid of. If yeah. you, you know, if you haven't uh, laid sod in your yard or you're not sure what to do, thistle will always show up on bare soil and it's <laughs> not fun to pull out. It's no. like, it's full of thistles and it hurts. So I also notice a lot of thistle. Um, if I can't get to it really quick, it tends to, uh, aphids tend to love it. Yeah, they so do. then you have Lots this whole, juice. yeah. Yeah. So try that sea holly, globe thistle, echinacea. Those are great alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, let's go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning to you both. Good morning. I'm trying to find out the name of a flower. Okay. Uh, I used to call them jump, uh, Mexican jumping jacks, but I think they're called Mexican orchids. Okay. Now, they grow like a, oh, a bamboo shoot. They'll grow five feet a year. Oh, really? Hmm. And they're they're hollow, and they they have a, purpley white flower on top but the bees love them and, and since i took them out i don't have near the bees around i used to have 
Huh. And I don't know where I get seed for them. And I don't know where we got it in the first place. Mexican orchid. Did you got any pictures? Anything? What you think it is? Not anymore. No. No, I just I, they, they when they uh, they're finished in the fall, they get a little pod on them, and uh, they're full of seeds. But you don't ever let them go, or you'll have a, a million of them the next year. Okay. You're not thinking of like a delphinium, are you? Delphinium. I I have no idea. Well. I'm just saying delphinium are really tall. Some of the flowers hollow. can be sort of a purpley, uh, bluish color, and they're hollow. Um, and then, yeah, if, if you accidentally bump into it after it's gone to seed, you'll have a lot more delphinium in that spot next year. Yeah, you don't dare uh, let the seeds it, fall off. I wonder if that's it. Maybe other listeners, if you're tuning in, Mexican orchid. I've never heard Yeah, when, I, t- when I look at Mexican orchid, does orchids come up? Yeah. And what was the other name you first said? Um, oh, I just called them Mexican jumping jacks, but uh, that isn't, I just used that. I made that up. Yeah. No, but it's amazing how a lot of those names um, stick. Yeah, so what I... And the other word is what I thought it was is a jumping jack perennial, like the viola. Was it low to the ground? But you said it was quite high. Oh, it'll grow five to six feet. Yeah. So when it you first three like four inches a day. Yeah. When you first said it, I thought it was um, the Johnny jump ups, like the little violas that come up. Oh yeah. Oh no, I've got those on there, but and the bees just love them. Well, I wonder if you could if you could look up delphinium. Um, we get bumblebees like the size of the end of my thumb on our delphinium, and they are territorial. We cannot even walk past them. the The bumblebees will come and swoop at us. So, could look up a delphinium and see if that's what you're thinking of. Okay, yeah. I'll try that. Alrighty. Okay. I, I kept some of the pods the last time, but that was years ago, and I finally got tired of them, and I pulled them all out. Because they were just taking over everything. Yeah, that kind of sounds like a every spring. Yeah, they have. Um, they sometimes they're called larkspur, similar plant, um, mm-hmm. and they have these like little thin little bean, uh, green sort of beans, bean pods that the seeds grow in, and then once they dry, they open. So if you tip it or you knock out, not bump against it, they'll just spill everywhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to cut them off every fall with a. Hacksaw, because oh, okay. <laughs> the center's hollow, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, put the rest. And what in the color garbage. flower? Purple. Is it kind of purple? Purpley, purpley white. Yeah, if I remember right. Yeah, and big leaves or little leaves? Uh, small. They they grow tall and skinny. Yeah. And the flowers are on about the top, oh, foot mm. and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I'll try that. Yeah, have a look at delphiniums and see if that's the if that's what you're thinking of. And in that case, you can find tons of delphinium seed, no problem. <laughs> All different colors, different. There's even like miniature ones, so they don't go quite as don't go quite as tall. So you check those out. Okay, thank, thank you, you so very much. much. Thanks, thanks, Bill. If we come up with some, we're getting lots of uh, people are sending us lots of. Uh, ideas as well so we'll look into those and if we if we think we come up with something we'll mention it on there as well somebody will probably be on the radio within five minutes yep. yeah I, I got lots of people asking <laughs> they're on it <laughs> okay thank yep. you thanks bye-bye all right and we're going to take our last break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons, and I'm here with Joanna Chudy. And we're going to go to the phone lines and Patricia with the 100-foot vine. Oh, cool. Hi, Patricia. (laughs) 
You don't believe me? <laughs> no, I totally believe you. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I've had this for about 15 years. Okay. It, it goes back and forth across the pasture that goes into the dining room, and that's it's going back and forth, oh, six or seven times, and that's seven feet. It's going around my dining room walls and come back again, and it's starting to go again. It's got to be 100 feet. And what, wow. is it a Hoya, or is it a... I have no idea. What do the leaves maybe? look like? The leaves are... Are they heart-shaped? Yeah, yeah. You think a pothos? Yeah, pothos. Is it yeah. sort of a yellow, yellowy and green leaves? No, like, they're beautiful green. Just pure green. Yeah, but uh, my question is, um, every once in a while, there's dead leaves. Now, they're more close to the... Uh, to where I water, I wonder, is that overwatering or not enough? Um, I, I, it's just old leaves, and this and plants will do that. They'll shed leaves every so often. That's just normal growth. I'm going to get a picture of this and send it to you because people don't believe me. I know and it. is it, are the leaves, if you were to squish, is, are they quite hard or do they bend? Uh, they bend. Real easy? Kind of rubbery, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's probably the Hoya. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But I, I had that thing for about five years. Yep. No, actually, we got it. Someone else had a picture of a Hoya, and it's growing up that stick we were talking about yeah. earlier, and it's 10 feet. And then actually, Pat, who calls in, and uh, he actually bakes the bread and stuff, he sent in a picture earlier. He had a pothos covering his whole ceiling. So uh, we totally believe you. We've seen plants. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> no, and we love hearing all these plant stories. It's, so it's, now what is the yellow leaves? Just just dead leaves? Yeah, they're just old. It's just, it, it only has so much energy too, right? So it's got to get moisture all the way out that 100 feet. Yeah. So it, it takes a while. So make sure you feed it too. Like Use a good fertilizer, like a 20-20-20 on that. Um, uh, that way it's a good well-balanced fertilizer, so something for the roots as well. Oh, maybe I'm, I'm using a 10, 15, 10. Is that not? Th that's fine, too. Um, might give it a little bit more like the 20, 20, 20. Might just, when you run out, just switch over to the, to the 20, 20, 20. It's just like during the winter, I maybe water it every 10 days or so. Yeah, that's lots. That's it's almost like a succulent. Like it's kind of that rubbery um, leaf, so it, it can dry out a little bit, too. Have I got time for another quick one? Uh, Christmas cactus. Yep. Uh, should I put it in a bigger pot? Is there, they're in quite small pots. Yep, they don't mind getting transplanted. I just transplanted mine a couple months ago, and now they're just starting to rebloom again right now. Oh, good. Okay. Yep. Well, thank you very much. Have thank a great Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And I want to get to this. Alex. Nice to get a tree question outside. Yeah. Good morning, Alex. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Really good. Uh, I've got a mountain ash tree that has pretty much lived its lifetime. Yeah. And... I would like to replace it. Now, I have a couple of concerns. I'm yep. wondering if I could get a tree spade to dig down and take it out as one as one unit or as one tree, and then I'm wondering what I could replace it with. I really like the berries, and I like the shade. Uh, and I, I would go with another mountain ash, but they're so darn long to, or it takes so darn long to grow them to maturity. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Yeah, um, a mountain ash is a, is another good one. Uh, Ohio buckeye is a great replacement tree for that. Um, ivory silk lilac. Yeah, I was gonna say tree lilacs are yeah, gorgeous. Tree lilac yeah. are really really nice. Um, and we we get fairly large. Like we can we can come in, take that down, dig the hole, and replace it with a fairly large tree. We do the large caliper trees down at Spruce Up. We have in the big baskets. Oh, uh, is is the tree lilac? Is that you, you, well? As the name indicates, it's probably a tree and not a bush. That's mm -hmm. correct. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it get gorgeous white blooms, but it's a little bit later than the regular lilacs that bloom early spring. The, the tree lilac blooms later on in, in the summer, about July, and pure white, really quite a nice tree like that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful um, shape. Too. Gladiator crab is another gorgeous front yard tree like that, but... Uh, and also lindens, there's some really yeah. nice linden trees. We have there's Ornamental four or five, pear. yeah, Lots there's four or five really nice front yard trees, like kind of like that. That are those statement trees. But the Ohio buckeyes might one you want to look at as well. Ohio buckeye. Now, do those all have a fruit? Would those attract birds? Because I, I have a lot of wax wings that come mm-hmm. at various times. Yeah, that's where you might want to go to more of the ornamental crab. They mentioned the gladiator is a is a really nice one. Mm-hmm. It grows in that vase shape. You get nice pink flowers and then has small um, fruit. So it's not like a, a crab apple like people think the dog or that messy crab. This is one that stays on there just for the for the fruit for the for the trees as well or for the birds. Yeah, darn birds get down to this uh, mountain ash, and of course you get. To get intoxicated and hit the windows, but yeah, it's come in by the thousands. It's pretty cool when that happens. Yeah, and we have some really nice, like larger mountain ash that we bring in that we have in either a large pot, like we have them in 20 gallon, or we bring them in in caliper size as well. So, and we can we can look after the whole project for you. We come in, take it out, and put in the new one as well. Oh, well, that sounds like a, some great ideas. All right, cool. thanks, Alex. Thank you. All right, bye bye. And actually, I should have mentioned, if you are on the internet and if you just want to check out, you can go to our website and we have a plant finder and you can type in this tree, front yards, what mm-hmm. size, it'll it'll send out all kinds of suggestions for you. That's and a great it's very tool. handy. Absolutely. Yeah. And Trudy, unfortunately, I'll just take you off air and uh, actually I'll probably get Joanna to that. That's sure. a soil one. Yeah. And she'll take Ooh, you off air. Special. And uh, until next week, thanks for joining us. You listen to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.